goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. So soon, my friends, it is the Thursday Bo Snurdly Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Welcome in. If you would like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. As always, there is a lot to discuss in the news. We never get to everything. And as per our Thursday schedule, our schedule here, Today is the day that we have a chance to speak with Andrew Giuliani. It's Andrew Day on the Boston Early Rush Hour. I always enjoy our chats, and I'm looking forward to catching up with Andrew Giuliani. Tomorrow, we are due to catch up with um, Cash Patel on the program, so we'll see if we're able to, uh, to keep that schedule as well. And then Saturday, of course, is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, where I'm going to discuss... Uh, events in the music industry in depth. I have I, re- I wrote an article earlier this week. It's still up on the Daily BS about this business with Rolling Stone co-founder uh, Jan Winner and his horrible comments that he made that were disparaging toward a lot of black artists and women and so forth. And I went in-depth about where the music industry is. And let me just give you a quick take. The music industry just didn't become racist. It has been. And by the way, I don't care that Winner's book is about seven white guys. It's his book. He can write about anything he wants to write about. And if he thinks these guys are, as he calls it, the masters of rock and roll, then fine with me. That's fine. It's just you don't have to disrespect black artists and, and women that are in the music industry just because you hold that particular zeitgeist, as Mr. Winter likes. But, you know, my experiences in in the record industry, and and those of you professional musicians, those of you who uh, have spent any time, I I recall in here how, um, just to give you a quick preview of it, how I, I was with a very famous musician. This had to be about almost now 35 years ago, looking for a deal at a major label. And we were in front of two white, this this white guy that was in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. And so he, my friend had the music, played him the music. And he said, you know, this music is too intelligent for black people. That is what he actually said. This is too intelligent for black people. He's saying that to us, and we're black. And then it, 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 those are the kind of things in the music industry. Anyway, I got into a whole detail on this. And if you think about it, it's been liberals run, folks, liberals run the music industry. 
which is why you have the segregation that you have. It's like the Jim Crow laws. You stay over there, you're black, you can, you can do this because you're white or whatever. Liberals run it just like they run Hollywood. Why do you think there's so many problems in Hollywood? Why do you think you have all these protests now that have led to this quota, this stupid quota, that they put on, oh, you have to have diversity in movies, and every movie that's up for an award has to have X number of, it has to have, it has to have some. That's needed because of the way that liberals have run Hollywood. The Me Too movement, all of that, liberals have run Hollywood. The way they treat women, these liberals, treat women and treat everybody else is it's these are liberals that run these businesses what do you expect there's a great story by the way i hope we have time to so i'll get to that story in depth on saturday but i hope we have time to talk to disney today you know what bob Iger, head of disney says they're going to quiet this stuff down all this culture stuff it's bad for business they figured it out you my friends have been effective when you stopped watching some of their stuff. None of that is what I started to talk about today and and the stacks that I have in front of me. I have one stack devoted clearly to to the immigration issue. We talked about immigration yesterday. Uh, Curtis was generous enough to come in, and boy, did he, he. He was so amazing yesterday with his recount of what's been happening on Staten Island. And so we have had developments in the New York immigration saga today. Joe Biden has now stepped in and said, oh, yeah, let's make sure that the illegal immigrants have work. Notice, by the way, um, uh, notice, I, I wish I could have, like, you know, an alarm system that would go into like the houses of every black Democrat in New York that would be like an alarm. Notice, because notice, my fellow black New Yorkers, notice how Joe Biden and the Democrats treat the illegal immigrants as opposed to how they treat y'all. You all are second and third and fourth and fifth or not thought of at all. Stay in your little ghettos. Stay in your little neighborhoods. Don't bother us. We don't care what your unemployment status is. Don't bother us. We're busy giving money to the Ukraine and spending money on gender and things like that. But when it comes to illegal immigrants, oh boy, let's bend over and grab the ankles and make you pay for it. We are going to make sure that these illegal immigrants that come to New York can have work. We're going to make sure they have IDs. We're going to make sure that their children can go to school. Who cares whether they're vaccinated or not? But y'all little black kid, y'all little Hispanic kid in New York that's a citizen here, why, we don't care about that one bit. That's right. We're going to make your little kids take a jab. We're going to make y'all, y'all got to take that needle, that pesky little needle. And fill yourself up with all that graphite and all that other stuff, whatever's in them things. But when it comes to the little immigrant illegal kids, why, we don't care if they vaxxed or not. Let them come into the schools and infect your vaccinated cheering. Who cares? 
These Democrats are something else. Anyway, I wasn't even going to lead with that stuff today. I was going to talk about this boring stuff that goes in Washington first, and I'm going to get it out of the way now. They're still fighting over government funding. This week, ladies and gentlemen, the national debt went over 33 trillion dollars with a T. 33 trillion dollars in debt. 33, you tell me right now, if you were president, if you were Janet Yellen and you were running the Fed, if you were Senator Chuck U. Schumer or Senator Dick Turbin, Durbin, or any of these others, you tell me what would be the plan. Oh, we're $33 trillion in debt. I tell you what, let's pay off some of that debt. Because the interest rates on 33, you know what they do to your Macy's card. You know what they do to your Visa card. You know what they do to your American Express with the interest. Imagine what is going on with the interest with $33 trillion and how much your taxpaying money is going to fund this $33 trillion debt that has skyrocketed. When Obama left, it was about, I think, $16 trillion. It has now doubled. It took almost 200 years of American history to get to the first trillion. Anyway, they're still fighting. McCarthy gives in to right flank on spending cuts, but they still deliver a defeat as shutdown looms. So let me help you here, folks. You're supposed to be scared right now. Please be scared. Please, please be scared. There's going to be a government shutdown. Jellystone Park might cut, might shut down again. Um, uh, let's see what else. Oh, they're going to try to scare you seniors. You're not going to get your Social Security. Um, you veterans, yeah, we're not going to give you your money. Um, what else? Um, government workers won't get paid on time. Uh, some of them are going to be deemed non-essential, which begs the question why they're working in the first place, but never mind that. The non-essential government workers will not be able to work non-essential. We don't really need them, but they're government workers. They will be on the streets, and everything's going to collapse. Oh, boy, the government's going to shut down. Please be scared. Okay? There you have it. I did my service. They will come to some kind of deal. Conservative Republicans, get mad at me if you want to, my fellow conservatives. Conservatives don't have the votes to stop. The moderates and the Democrats who will get together and make sure that the government can keep on spending obscene amounts of money that we don't have, that will never be paid back unless we come up with something that defies human logic. That was supposed to be my top story today. And then all the reflections on uh, uh, Garland's testimony, which was just, by the way, if you haven't seen the Dave Portnoy video, this thing has racked in over 30 million views since just last night. What happened, Dave Portnoy from Barstool confronted a Washington Post reporter who was doing a hit job on him. This reporter was sending out emails to the sponsors of an event he was going to do 
basically saying that he was a misogynist, that he had other problematic stuff. She was trying to disrupt his event by doing a smear job on. He calls her, and you have to listen to this little weaselly call from this Washington Post gal. Emily something or another, Washington Post, I forget the reporter's last name. Anyway, this thing has gained 30 million views. The call lasted about 11 minutes. It is amazing to watch. What I was going to lead, and now is buried into my stack, is a story that I thought that was so unbelievably horrible even though it has nothing to do with the New York system. of It does. Because the same liberals that are allowing criminals to roam the streets in New York are the same liberals that are have allowed these crime sprees to take over in every blue city in America. And they are the same ones that are d- turning America's once proud justice system upside down on its head. I found this story out of Wisconsin so abhorrent. I thought, I'm going to have to get this in quickly because I'm not going to do the show today and not mention this story. Those of you who have sensitive stomachs, you may want to sit down. Grab your Alka-Seltzer, your Pepto-Bismo, or whatever it is you take, your Melenta. The headline should give you an idea of where this is going. And I'm, once again, I'm not trying to be sensationalistic. The headline is the headline. And this comes from the Daily Signal today. Confirmed. Man who raped his 10-year-old daughter housed with female prison inmates. The Wisconsin Department of Corrections is housing a man who raped his own daughter in a woman's prison because he said he identifies as a woman himself. And the Department of Corrections is refusing to offer any kind of insight or explanation on the matter. Mark Campbell is currently incarcerated in the Taichita uh, Correctional Institution, a woman's prison in Fond du Lac, Washington. I mean, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, inmate records show. He is a registered sex offender convicted of first-degree sexual assault against a child. That child was his own 10-year-old daughter, court documents allege. Campbell is currently 52 years old, weighs 225 pounds, 5 feet 9. Under Campbell's list, sex with Wisconsin DOC states in bold female. The department has not responded to many requests from the Daily Signal. Court documents allege that Campbell would sexually assault his daughter, while her little brother was home, and that her little brother would sometimes come into the room while the sexual assault 
was occurring. Campbell first requested transgender surgery to attempt to become a woman in 2013. But the DOC denied his request at the time. In 2016, he filed a lawsuit accusing the Department of Corruption, uh, corruption, that's a faux pas, the Department of Correction officials are being indifferent to his, his medical needs by not allowing him to get so-called sex change surgery. Long story short, he got the surgery. They put him now in a jail with women. A man. This is what Democrats have done to your America. This is what liberals and progressives and socialists have done to your America. A man who raped his 10-year-old daughter has been given a taxpayer-benefited sex change operation and is allowed to live now with girls and women in the prison system after raping his own 10-year-old daughter. This is what Democrats, what progressives, what liberals have done to your America. Today's birthday, Don Felder, 1947, guitar vocals, the Eagles, the Eagles, who of course created this number one hit back in 1977 and so many, they had five albums that went to number one in their amazing career years. Happy birthday, Don Felder. From the Eagles on this day in music history at WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back, your phone calls, 800-848-WABC. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Fuji's. They backed this up with 
the number one single, Ready or Not, which happened on this day in 1996. The Fugees. For we true, true musician, music fans, this is a sad day. This is the day when American bassist Jaco Pistorius died from injuries sustained in a fight in uh, at the Midnight Bottle Club in Wilton Manors, Florida. This is a tribute song to Jaco. It's called Jaco by the Pat Metheny Group. Why aren't you playing Jaco? Because we don't have any in the library. We'll get some. Uh, Jaco Pistorius fell into a coma, was put on life support. All that happened in 1987. In 2006, Jaco Pistorius was voted the greatest bass player who ever lived by the readers of Bass Guitar Magazine. The greatest bass player who has ever lived. Jocko, of course, a member of Weather Report. Played with so many other musicians. Joni Mitchell, Herbie Hancock. His debut album is jaw-dropping. It's his solo album. So just want to give a heavenly shout-out to Jocko Pistorius. That's Jocko. With Weather Report. The greatest bass player who ever lived. Jocko Pistorius, WABC Talk Radio 77. Um, yes, we're going to get to your calls as quickly as we can. Want to say this? Those of you, I saw a story today. Ron DeSantis num is dropping in the polls. Blah 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 blah. You can. Those of you that are not Ron DeSantis fans, okay, I get that. Not going to try to change your mind. I love Ron DeSantis. I love Donald Trump. I love so many of our other candidates that are running this time. We have a strong bench in the Republican Party. But I'm going to tell you this, and this comes as a shock to me. There's a headline that broke this afternoon. Disney boss Bob Iger says the company will quiet the noise from culture war controversies as it remains in legal spat with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis after it waded into don't say gay law. Now, all the reporting on this from all the mainstream outlets would have you believe that Ron DeSantis was some kind of idiot, some kind of jerk, and that he was wrong for taking on Disney. What does this new story tell you? Well, Disney CEO Bob Iger revealed the company will quiet the noise around cultural issues because it has shown to be bad for business. As the company is locked in a legal spat with Ron DeSantis. Iger's comments came in an investor meeting. Are the latest update in the ongoing saga between Disney and DeSantis. 
after the company protested Florida's, and this is the reporting, don't say gay bill. Florida does not have a don't say gay bill. No such bill exists in Florida. No such law exists in Florida. Don't say gay is lady, lazy media talk. This is ideological media talk because they don't agree with the law. Now, Disney had threatened to pull back its $17 billion investment in the Sunshine State unless DeSantis stopped his political attacks on the company. Who attacked who? Disney attacked the people of Florida, the Republican legislators of Florida, and the families of Florida who all supported this. Ron DeSantis didn't attack Disney. Disney opened up the attack. But a recent SEC filing shows they will spend $60 million over the next 10 years on its parks, cruise lines, and Walt Disney World in Orlando expected to be at the forefront of the investment. During an investor meeting, Disney CEO Bob Iger said the company will quiet the noise around culture issues, focus on making content that is entertaining. So, whatever you may think of the political aspirations of Ron DeSantis, let me tell you what this is in case you don't get it. Ron DeSantis just won that battle and won that war with Disney. Regardless of whatever else, he was right to stand up to Disney, not put his tail between his legs and run away when Disney attacked Florida conservatives, Florida Republicans. He was right. We're taking a break. When we get back, Andrew Giuliani be with us. It's Thursday. Later on, we're going to check in with Lou Dobbs. Then after that, we're going to check in with your phone calls. Recognize this one, right? 1985 on this day. Madonna's first number one album. Like a Virgin. I remember the first time I went to see Madonna in concert. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. When she did this song, I, I'm trying to debate how I can describe to you what she was doing on the stage. And I'm sitting there, and all these young girls are in the audience, some of them with their dads, and I'm looking at their dads, looking at them, while they're looking at Madonna, um, emulating that she's pleasuring herself on the stage while she was doing this song. That was back when she had a, the, a jazz band backing her, right? No, that was even before then. Really? No, it was. It was. It was. And then I went to see her again in the Blonde Ambition Tour. Yeah, then, then she became all techno and Without yeah, it was she was doing this. Yeah, she was, yeah, touching her imitation, touching her. 
Whatever. <sighs> Still a great record. WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back right after this. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Heavenly birthday today from... Wow. For this... Wow. Leonard Cohen. Canadian singer, songwriter, musician, painter, poet, and novelist. Leonard Cohen. Hallelujah. This is Hallelujah. First released on the studio album, Various Positions. This is... <laughs> I just love Leonard Cohen. Died on the 7th of November 2016 at 82 years old in Los Angeles. He's a Canuck. He's a genius. He was a genius. Andrew Giuliani is on the line. Andrew Giuliani. How are you, Andrew? Oh, Bo, it's always great to be with you, my friend. Always is. Andrew, so much has happened over the past uh, days in New York, especially with this immigration business. What do you, Andrew, make of now? Uh, Kathy Hochul is saying that she wants to end the right to shelter law and that New York is becoming overwhelmed with with, uh, migrants. At the same time, we have President Joe Biden signing on this idea that he's going to give Tens of thousands of illegal immigrations, government IDs, which they claim will be easier to uh, keep track of them. I find this funny about the IDs. The very Democrats that tell us that we cannot use identification, IDs, for people to vote, are willing to give government IDs to illegal immigrants coming in to push them ahead in the job process, but now you have uh, Kathy Hochul saying, you know what, the shelter-in-place stuff, we got to get rid of it. They're the ones that came up with it. What do you think of all this? Yeah, but I got to tell you, I don't think Kathy Hochul means it, to be perfectly honest. I think she's saying it because she realizes how unpopular this is with New Yorkers, but I think she realizes the headwinds are already there. She's already made the bed. Adams has already made the bed. We know Adams has started to speak out against this, but way too late. He's for 15 months. Basically, was the biggest cheerleader, was running, I thought, really more than anything, to become the presidential nominee of the Democratic Party, whether it be in 24 or 2028, over the last year or so. And now he's just realizing this is is an absolute disaster for the city of New York. Hochul's realizing it. It's a disaster for the state of New York. But to me, this is nothing but lip service to New Yorkers. So she can get up there and say, you know what? I wanted to end this. I tried to do everything I could, but the federal government would not let me. And as for these identifications here, you got to remember, New York City is one of those places. And I know you've covered this extensively, but New York City and the city council actually passed a year and a half ago that non-citizens, if they were in New York City for 30 days, could vote in their election. This is just another way to get these illegal migrants, the actual identification to make it tougher for these poll workers to actually put it in. So you're trying to figure out another way to fast track uh, these illegal migrants, the opportunity to vote for Democrats in 
2023, 2024, 2026, and in perpetuity, really. Wow. Andrew, I think you are dead on with your analysis here. You know, I didn't even consider that this was just a ploy by Hochul Mm -hmm. to make sure that she's sounding right on the issue, but she doesn't mean it at all. Uh, Great analysis there. Let me turn to another story I really want to talk with you about, uh, Andrew. This is Baltimore. I don't know whether you're a fan of The Wire. I I saw The Wire when it was on, and it was just like this it, that it was too real. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore is a lot like some neighborhoods in New York. Yeah, and the school systems. This is from Fox News Five in Baltimore at thirteen Baltimore City High Schools. At thirteen Baltimore City High Schools. Zero students tested proficient on 2023 state math exam. Now, I had talked about this before when it was a smaller number, when the reports were first coming in, and I was amazed back when there was even one high school where you had not one student can complete the mandatory math work, not one. Now you have 13 high schools at 40%. 40% of the high schools in Baltimore, not one student is proficient enough to pass the state test in math. It, it is disgusting. That's really what this is. I remember running for governor a couple of years ago and going to Laurelton, Queens. Uh, so, And one of the things that I specifically remember is going to this high school in Laurelton, Queens, one of the public schools, and 19% were proficient in math when they ended up graduating. And I thought, how could this be a system that actually works for New Yorkers? One in every five, less than one in every five, actually had the opportunity to to succeed when they graduated from that high school. The fact that there are zero students, when you're looking at 13 of these schools that are proficient in math, just shows you how much of a disservice the teachers union has done to our public schools in our metropolitan areas all around the country, when you look at Baltimore, Los Angeles, Detroit, Chicago, and yes, New York, it is gross what they have done to these students. And then you add to the fact that on top of how terrible this is, they didn't want to come into school for over two years. They want to talk about potentially masking our kids again. Uh, you have to wonder, when are we going to look at this system and realizing it is a complete failure and we need to make sure that we are doing everything we can to give parents more choice in education? If that means tax vouchers, if that means more charter schools, I know charter schools are part of the public school system, but they have been performing better. But I basically want those tax dollars, those credits to go in parents' hands. So that way, if they want to take their kid to a parochial school, a private school, a yeshiva school, if they're Jewish, or even homeschool them, that way you create more competition in education, turn it into a meritocracy, because it's the exact opposite of what the teachers' union wants. They don't want a meritocracy because the truth is, if it was a meritocracy and they were zero for, for 13, that means zero students out of 13 schools, then there's no way they would survive, Bo. No way. It's impossible. You know what? Uh, It breaks my heart when you recounted that story because when you talk about Laurelton, Queens, uh, you're talking about the neighborhood I grew up in. I grew up in St. Albans. These are neighborhoods right next door to... So you're either talking about Springfield Gardens High School, you're talking about IS either 59 
Or there's another one there. Now look, Andrew. Maybe does one fifty six right familiar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now listen. When we went to high school there, my generation, these were some of the finest schools in the city. They were feeder schools, by the way, into the city university college system, and you had most of the students graduating. Standards had begun to slip a little bit. But these were schools, these neighborhoods were solidly middle-class neighborhoods, uh, and, and kids were going on and graduating they had college-bound programs in these schools. They had all kind of uh, uh, help so that kids that, if they needed remedial help, could get it. And they were producing uh, generations of kids that would go on to become either college graduates or definitely have a, a secure pathway to work. That has fallen to this degree in, less, in, in a generation is a disgrace. And, and by the way, when I went back to speak at some of these schools, I got to tell you, Joel and I, when I was doing my earlier tour on WABC, we would go to the schools to speak. We were invited speakers. Mm -hmm. And some of these schools, the behavior problems were unbelievable. You couldn't, you could barely even speak because these kids were so rowdy and the teachers couldn't do anything about it. And even in that time, but it is, it's just getting worse and worse. And we cannot, how can you have a successful country? How can you have people that grow up thinking that they have access to the American dream, that they have access to prosperity, if they don't even understand what the American dream is because they're not taught it, and if they have no ambition, they can't read, they can't read, they can't do math, what are they going to do with their lives? I mean, what you can't get a degree in 97 genders yet, and knowing what genders do, the stuff that, that we used to teach is important. It's how you function in life. Isn't that scary that maybe in 10, 15 years, some doctors might have been taught in grade school that, you know, gender is a construct. But think about what you just said in terms of going back and actually speaking to these schools. Now, you wouldn't be invited back to speak, James, because of your political leanings, right? There's no idea in presenting both sides of a political issue or even more importantly, how to critically think, right? That is so important when you're talking about education. I want my daughter, for example, to to be presented both sides of an issue, and I want her to critically think through that issue because that gives her the skills to be able to tackle the challenges in life, whether they're political or whether they're the actual challenges in their lives, independent small challenges that you have to go through that end up building up. I think it's one of the main reasons why kids these days have a higher rate of depression because they've never actually learned how to think through and these critical thinking skills that are so important, like I said, not just in the political realm, but really in tackling the challenges of everyday life. Andrew, I couldn't agree more. This is why I hope, Andrew, that your foray into politics, look, we love having you on the radio. You have a career here and you're great at it and you will be an incredible force in the media if you continue in this business. But I'm gonna tell you something, Andrew, we need you as one of the leaders of this country to move this country ahead with policy. So I hope at some point in the future you'll consider running again and winning and actually setting some of these things in place. This country desperately needs people who think like you. Well, James, that's very humbling coming from you. I know how many people that you've interacted with and and heard and and hearing you say that really, really means a whole lot. Well, look, wherever it is, you and I are going to continue our conversations. I absolutely Absolutely. love them. And and I, I really, really, you know, as I look to the education of, of this of this country and these kids, 
Um, you know, I think about my daughter and look, my daughter, we're lucky enough to have the means to be able to send her to the school that is best. But a lot of people don't have those means. And the fact right. that they're not actually executing these public schools are not actually doing the job for these kids. It's beyond disgusting. And when they talk about real equity, if you want to talk about equity, why don't you actually get the standards up in these schools so that way kids can have equal opportunity? How about we do that? Amen to that, Andrew. Thank you so much. Andrew Giuliani, ladies and gentlemen, it's our Thursday talk with Andrew, and we're going to check in now with Lou Dobbs here on WABC and coming back with your phone calls. I don't need another turn to cry, no, I don't want to learn the hard way, baby, hello, oh no, goodbye. This is Faith Hill, American country singer who had the 1993 U.S. country number one wild one and the 1998 U.K. number 13 single, This Kiss. Thank you, Diego. Born in 1967 on this day. Boy, she's a youngin. <laughs> no, she's not, not anymore. Coming she's the age of my dad. Cool. Oh, that's, that's what this is. I didn't recognize it until it got to the hit, the hook. Anybody knows that hook. Everybody knows this, yeah. Yeah. This kiss, baby. Checking in when Lou Dobbs coming back with you. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with those Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. I don't know about that. I don't know about that either. There's been a time that we loved and we've shared love and made and made love. Doesn't seem to me like it's enough. It's just not. It's not enough. It's just not enough. It's never, never gonna be enough. It's not enough. It's not ever. It's just never enough. You know. 1974, Barry White goes to number one. I can't. It's just not enough. I can't get enough. Of your love on WABC New York. James Golden, aka Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's begin in Suffolk County, New York, with Jeff. Jeff, welcome. You are up first on Rapid Phones. Yeah, if you'd allow me, thank you for taking my call, uh, Bo. Uh, I, I want to say how much I really appreciate you for, uh, for your voice. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to make some statement about Ukraine, but I don't think I'm going to have the time. So I, I think I'd rather call back tomorrow and try again. Okay, we can do that. Please help yourself. And if if tomorrow doesn't work... 
Saturday, we have full three hours on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza, and we'd love to hear from you whatever day you call. Let us go to Robert in Wood, uh, Robert in Brooklyn, New York. Robert, how are you? Hi. Uh, um, Donald Trump last night around 9 or 8 p.m. on Truth, this Truth posting, he pointed out, quote, quote, a very important deadline is approaching at the end of the month. Republicans in Congress can and must defund all aspects of crooked Joe Biden's weaponized government that refuses to close the border and treats half the country as enemies of the state. This is also the last chance to defund these political persecutions events against me and other patriots. They failed in the debt limit, but they must not fail now. Use the power of the purse and defend the country, unquote. Donald Trump is 100% correct. These Republicans, they're failing in the obligation. It's almost, when they give money to this government, it's almost like... Let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Yes, Ebonic, let me ask you a question. Do you think the government's going to shut down? Uh, doubtful, but I, I think they Okay, second like- question. Qu- question. Second question. Let me ask you this. Do you think that Republicans are are going to, the Republicans in the House and the Senate are going to defund the DOJ, do you think? It's possible some Republicans will stick to their guns. No, I'm asking you the result. I'm not asking you some Republicans. I'm asking you if you think the Republicans are going to defund the DOJ and defund these prosecutors. Probably not, but I hope I'm going to try. Okay, to let me let me let me stop cold here. Look, I love you, and I love your spirit, and I love that you have hope. The answer to this question is no. There are too many moderate Republicans and Rhino Republicans. They are outvoting the conservatives every chance, and if by chance there were even enough Republicans to say we're going to stop this. Kevin McCarthy would work with the Democrats to make sure that they could pass these spending bills so the government stays open and everything stays funded. Sweet dreams, but not based in political reality. They are not going to stop spending the money. That's who they are. Patrick in in Wabash, Indiana, how are you? Oh, okay. Uh, But uh, my question is... uh... Why does uh, everybody, all the talk show hosts, um, keep um, keep having having stories about uh, the corruption and oppression of the Biden administration, but nobody wants to use the Constitution to put an end to it? Each Biden and Kamala Harris. Patrick, I haven't heard from you in a long time, my friend. Yeah, I talk about you all the time. You're my guy. You call every day. Impeach them. Impeach Hannah. Okay. Kevin, Kevin and the boys are saying they're holding an inquiry. Doesn't that make you happy? They're holding an inquiry to impeach him. Aren't you happy? No. I hear oh. that uh I hear that what they're doing, one thing, Jim Banks and uh Mike Mark, uh, Matt it doesn't Gates, matter the names. What are they doing? What are they doing? They said they're they said they're trying to uh Get uh, Kevin McCarthy out of speakership and uh, put somebody. Yeah, else yeah, yeah. And you know who they're going to put in? Nobody. That's going to do what you want. Because I'm going to say it again: the political reality is that conservatives do not have enough votes 
to run the House of Representatives. It is led by moderate and rhino Republicans. They don't want to upset the apple cart. Patrick, my man, it's good to hear from you again. Let's go down to Florida. Lewis in Florida, how are you? Yes, this is a spiritual war. You know, uh, people need to come back to God. America was founded on Christian principles, and the Constitution says that one of the founding fathers said that the, the, the Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It's highly that was in the federal. That was in the Federalist Papers, which we talked about yesterday. Look, Louis, call back again. I love where your call is going. And I agree, by the way, about America returning to God. Uh, Brad, in Auburn, New York, we don't have time. What was my favorite Russism? I want to take that call again, so call me. I want to answer that question. In the meantime, we got to go. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. I have nothing but love and gratitude for you allowing me to be with you and for you being with me. God willing, we're back tomorrow. Do it again at 4. See you then. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.